0: downtown calgary good morning from global news it's nine o'clock i'm megan cobb a woman in her mid-20s was rushed to the foothills hospital yesterday with a serious injury after she was shot in the hand the incident happened around two fifteen yesterday afternoon in the 300 block of cranberry circle southeast in calgary's cranston neighborhood an ems spokesperson says she was in stable non-life-threatening condition City Council meetings start again tomorrow, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I am flying over in the downtown area. Keep in mind that today there is going to be some road closures on 11th Street between 12th Avenue and 17th Avenue. That is going to be going on until next weekend. Earn your MBA from Queen Smith School of Business right here in Calgary. Find out more at smithmbaandcalgary.com. From the 770 CHQR traffic Helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Calgary City Council kicks off its first real meeting tomorrow with the budget top of mind. Political analyst Lori Williams says the council isn't only challenged by a decrease in revenue.
1: The, the first challenge, I think, and the most important one to remember is that this is uh, coming very early in this new mandate, and they have got a mostly new council that's, that's just going to be desperately working to try to get up to speed and figure out how the process works.
0: Calgary's Climate Energy Declaration, which has been identified as a priority for newly elected Mayor Jody Gondek, targets net zero emissions for the City of Calgary by 2050. That notice of motion is set to be delivered to the city's executive committee on Tuesday. Traffic will be allowed to move in both directions across the Canada-U.S. border tomorrow for the first time since sweeping COVID-19 travel restrictions were imposed in March last year. Canada still requires a costly COVID-19 test to enter the country, a condition that has many Canadian would-be travelers cooling their heels for the time being. Canada's chief medical officer, Dr. Theresa Tam, says the policy is under review. Former cabinet minister, Perrin Beattie, now CEO of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce, says the testing policy creates unnecessary friction along the border. Travis Scott's high-energy performances are known for being fun-filled but chaotic shows. Tragically, the rapper's energetic show this weekend at his Astroworld Festival in Houston turned deadly. At least eight people between the ages of 14 and 27 were killed during a crowd surge Friday evening. Concertgoer Joshua Robinson says the crowd compression from the surge made it very difficult to rescue those inside.
2: One of my friends said earlier, it's like you're you're, you're fighting through an ocean. You're in an ocean, you're you're, in a pool, a deep pool, You're, you're chest deep, and it's very hard to push back, forward, left, right.
0: Scott said on a social media video last night that he's devastated by what happened with his fans and will help the police and community however he can. Daylight Saving Time ended last night, and while most electronics will have changed automatically, you'll want to turn back the clock one hour on things like your microwave, oven, and in your car. Taking a look at sports, Johnny Goudreau scored twice and had an assist, and the Calgary Flames extended their point streak to 10 games— with an emphatic 6-0 victory over the visiting New York Rangers. Jacob Markstrom made 22 saves for his league-leading fourth shutout. The Flames are 7-0-3 since their season-opening loss to the Edmonton Oilers. The Vancouver Canucks are the lone Canadian team on the ice tonight in the NHL. The Canucks host the Dallas Stars at Rogers Arena. Vancouver is tied for last in the Pacific Division with the Seattle Kraken, and have lost four of five of their on their current homestand. Global News Sky Tracker weather, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 6 degrees for today. Partly cloudy overnight, cooling down to a low of minus 2, but the wind chill makes it feel more like minus 8. Tomorrow will be sunny and a high of 7. It's minus 3 at 9.04, breaking news when it happens, our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb.
3: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening and excuse me we're into november already our first session of uh of let's talk gardening as we head into the winter season so typically callers it's a little bit slower so you have a lot more time to to get in so if you'd like to join me phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 that is also the text and the call in line and uh, just want to go over a few things we're getting extended uh fall here as we go into November. So we're still able to do quite a bit of gardening out there. And, and now it's good, like all the leaves are off. So it gives you the opportunity to go out and really look at your trees. And the bark will tell you really everything you need to know about the tree, if it's doing well, if it's healthy or if it's sick or what it has. Um, you'll also be able to see if there's any physical damage to your trees so now is a really good time to assess that. And, and then if you get to a point where you're not too sure, it's also a good time. You can give, uh, give an arborist a show. And I know market pruned up would be more than happy to take your call over the winter here and, uh, have them come out and assess your trees because you'll see, um, the effects of improper pruning at this time of year. Um, I know we were just out looking at a fairly big site and, uh, and they'd been doing a bit of pruning on their own, and it was—it's uh, pretty bad. And when you open up wounds, or or if you just chop trees on the top, or to reduce the height, and you just do it all at one level, just straight across, it's not really good for the trees. So those kind of things, you want to make sure that if you want to give your trees long life, you want to ensure that you're doing the proper pruning and and uh and care for them and then you'll get a good extended life especially when they're young when they're like the one or two years old till 10 that's really where you're setting them up for that good structure as they grow and if you're kind of chopping them and leaving stubs when they're young it's just going to open them up for a lot of disease and also if you have any schuberts in your yard you want to look and see if you have any of that dreaded black knot and same with your birch. You'll have the yellow-bellied sapsucker. You'll have holes all over it. And uh, so there's just definitely a few things. But when you look at the bark, it's just like our skin. You know, when someone comes into work or you see somebody and they just look ill, you can just tell. Same with your trees. You can look at the bark and you say saying it looks like a really nice, healthy um, skin. So your trees will tell you a lot. So you can get out and have a look at your trees. Right now, Also, what you want to be doing outside is you want to spray any of your tender evergreens like cedar, um, curry boxwoods, um, even the burginias, some of the um, upright junipers. You can give them a a spray, uh, a good coating with wilt proof. And that's that anti-desiccant I've talked about lots. Um, I refer it to as the lip balm for your for your tender evergreens it's just so dry like and we're we're heading into a dry patch here again i know we had some rain there a couple of weeks ago which was awesome but it's definitely dried out a little bit now and getting dry again and so we just want to be careful get our trees to bed with some good moisture in the ground so that way when they they come back to life next spring they're going to have enough water so right now you also can water all your trees your evergreens give them a good or if you have any pine trees or spruce, give them a good washing down. That water will soak right through them, and you'll be good to go like that. Also, um, what else can you be doing at this time of year? And you can water in your big deciduous trees as well and uh, blow your leaves off. I know um, we have a little area down at Spruce It Up down below, and I, I just went around with the lawn tracker. I blew a bunch of the leaves off the grass into the tree beds, just to give them that little bit of mulch area and, uh, and give them, cut the grass down a little bit lower. It was getting a little bit long cause that way you don't get the mice coming into it. And, uh, so if it's a little bit shorter, that'll tend to keep the mice away as well, which becomes a winter thing. One thing I've, I've found that works really good is the bait for the winter time. So the little mouse bait, if you happen to get mice into your yard or into your, into your house or certain areas, um, the bait works really, really well as a good control method. But right now, I'm going to go down to the Greenhouse, and we'll do our annual uh, Sunday morning chat with Jen down in the Greenhouse. Good morning, Jen.
4: Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you?
3: I'm doing good, you know? Yeah. And uh, Yeah, it's that daylight saving time has ended, and has. Uh, so for guys like me, it's worse, though, because they're like, oh, I get to sleep an extra hour, but I'm like, I'm a four or five hour sleep guy. So oh, I my heaven. Sort of, no, I'm up an hour earlier. And oh, I'm just like, no.
5: <laughs> <laughs> look out, world. Merle's yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, uh, that's awesome. so anyways, that's kind of funny how. Huh? So yeah, oh, I get I to sleep it. an extra an hour. Yeah. yeah. No, I wake up, I look at the thing, and it says like six or something. And then actually, no, no, it's only five. So. <laughs> oh, my
4: gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll take it, that fall back. No problem yeah. here, right? Nice
3: so, bright sunshine. Absolutely. So now we're heading into our Christmas season.
4: We're into heading the winter into winter season. Yeah, it's here. It's We've here. sealed
3: up the the tropical house. It feels nice and warm in there. It does. Um, and uh, you guys got some some pretty nice stuff going on in there. And also we got the old and. For everybody listening, then we can start the amaryllis questions. <laughs> this is—it's typically when I—I I get uh, quite a few of those. So, anybody wanting to know about amaryllis, but we did—you have—you've got some bulbs in now, Jen.
4: Uh, we did—we've got some. Yes, we're still waiting on the rest of it. As as everybody, I think knows, it's a been it has been a bit funky with. Um You know, getting shipments in from different places, and we don't always know where everything is, but I think we have stuff on the way. There's little delays, and there's always that, right, that kind of a chain reaction, but yes, we do have more coming in. In fact, we're expecting more shipments of Christmas things this coming week.
3: Yeah, and I know we held off a bit, because I know last year we had them in a bit early, kind of mid-October and into end of october and i just find they get way too stretched by that time anyways right so i kind of like what you did i think delaying them into into november i think it just it's going to hit the the time frame a lot better for a lot of the for a lot of these christmas plants so i yeah. think it's uh, It's good. Plus, it's it definitely doesn't feel like winter out there right now. Oh my gosh! (laughs) I
4: know that's the other thing too. I mean, because as you know, with bulbs, you need to kind of keep them cool until you get them going. And so, and I think that with porch pots too. I know people are asking for porch pots already. And with this warm weather, a lot of this stuff you can do and you you shouldn't do. You know. So, yeah. Like you were saying. Well,
3: if, if you do it now, you're going to end up. I guess it's good for sales, and we end up reselling them more greens again in in mid December when they get closer to the mm-hmm. to the actual Christmas season. So, but yeah, you, you can definitely start them now. I know we're, we get ours in this coming week, correct?
4: We with the amaryllis or the greens? The greens. The greens. Yes, absolutely. Um, they should. I'm expecting them to be ready to go Tuesday. Um, I don't expect any hiccups on that. I'm hoping they come in. They should be here Monday, but, you know, I'd like to give the customers a little buffer zone. So Tuesday morning, they should be out and ready to go. But as we always tell everybody, check out the social media, Instagram, Facebook. Um, You can always get in touch with us as well to ask. But the girls have been posting regularly, and so you'll know when they're here for sure.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you've still got some fall bulbs, and I know that is a category that has been dying off over the last few years which i which i understand and i don't understand i know we're more of an instant gratification type society nowadays but for people if you're looking like sort of with that trend of true gardening once you dabble in some bulbs um you kind of don't go back like you kind of mm-hmm. it's cuz you see those results like you see them in early spring all of a sudden you get these bright gorgeous uh tulips or daffodils yeah and you realize i planted that 6 months ago <laughs>
4: cheerful and you know what i have a story about the bulbs there was a customer in i think yesterday maybe the day before and she was buying packs of bulbs and so i commented on her you know you must like bulbs and she does it she gives them as gifts and she gives them as gifts to her mother and her sister you know i think one's in ontario i don't know where the other one is and so then they plant them all at the same time and she said it's kind of a competition in the spring to see who's got taller who's came up first and I thought that was a super cool idea, actually. I've never heard of anyone doing that. I think that's really neat.
3: Yeah. And yeah. If you, and so in Calgary, if you are going to do bulbs, find a good sunny location. So go outside mm-hmm. when early morning where the sun's hitting that or if you remember where the snow melts first, things like that. Those are perfect location for bulbs and sort yeah. of do little mass plantings. Uh, I, I love bulbs, I, and I loved it back And when Canada had the 150. So I guess that mm-hmm. was three or four years ago whatever it was. I can't remember the exact year now. Oh, don't ask me to remember. Again. <laughs> yes. Yes.
4: <laughs> no, it was three or four years ago.
3: Jeez. Yeah, I know. Is it Tuesday? <laughs> I, <know.
4: No>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't know.
3: Um, um, no. No, so that was – and I thought that would really help spur it on because whenever people see – Bulbs in the spring, we always get lots of people come and asking, oh, can I buy those now? Can I buy tulip bulbs now? Right. No, right. that's a that's a fall thing. So, yeah, yeah, um, you still have time, and I imagine we we still have some, and I imagine some other garden centers have some in stock, and they're always you get a good sale on right now. So, yeah, um, if you want to still do some bulbs, it's uh, you still have time to do it.
4: You do enforcing as well. Um, don't forget, besides our amaryllis, we have the narcissus in as well, and those cute little bowls, the paper white. Um yeah. right, those are in those cute blue and white bowls. And so, um, if somebody comes in as well looking for a gift or something to kinda centerpiece on the table, you can grow those too.
3: Okay, and some hyacinths. Yeah. Another one that one I always love too. just sort of that one's and- perfect for a bulb and uh mm-hmm. Do we still have any of the bulb vases? I think we still have a few of those left. I think too. we
4: still do as well because I've I've seen that we've been potting them too as a sort of a display. So I would have to double check that, um, but yes, I believe Suzanne still has some down there
3: set up. Awesome! Yeah. And when we head into the winter season, keep an eye on our social media. You're doing, uh, you guys are going to do a weekly special of some sort throughout the throughout yes, the garden center. Yeah, we
5: are. Yeah, so you
3: keep bet. an eye on that kind of stuff. And yeah,
4: that's been fun. It's been fun watching people kind of come in and focus too on on what is on. You know, I don't know. And then they get a chance to get the plant that they wanted as well.
3: So yeah. And yeah. just a reminder, if you live in the southwest or in the northwest with that new ring road um, from West Hill Shopping Center to Spruce It Up, you're 15 minutes. It's amazing. That, mm-hmm. that new road. So if you're thinking, oh, it's always too far to go check them out, just jet it on that new ring road and you'll be out to Spruce It Up coffee before right you know up. it.
4: Yeah. yeah. it be awesome. Bring coffee.
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Americanos for everybody. Yeah, I love right. it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Jen. And thanks, uh, and uh, for anybody heading down to Spruce today, say hi to Jen and the crew down there, and uh, they'll be sure to look after you very well. Thanks, Love Jen. It.
4: Thank you. Bye.
3: Bye-bye. All right. If you'd like to join me, phone lines wide open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce Up Calgary Round Garden Center Destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And Suzanne and the Christmas team have uh, definitely working full speed ahead on getting all the beautiful Christmas out. And it started to look like a uh, Christmas wonderland down there and uh, lots of seasonal decor as well all kinds of fun stuff starting to arrive as we head into the next season. And also don't forget to keep an eye on our social media. We're going to be booking for our Christmas um, Santa and Reindeer Day. Santa's going to be arriving December 11th and 12th that weekend. And, uh, and I think we're one of the very few places where Santa actually brings his reindeer with him and you get to get a picture with, with himself and one of his reindeer, and we always end up with some uh, awesome pictures, and uh, you get to chat with Santa himself. So, um, don't forget to get that uh, ready or booked on there when we get that up online. That should be fairly soon this week. We should have that ready to go. We're just getting the final details from Santa and that to, to make sure we have everything right. What he needs to get all set up, and then we'll we'll be ready to go. Got a few texts again, and if you'd actually, if you like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Got a couple texts here. How should I prepare my roses for winter? I have covered them and got winter kill. I haven't covered them and got winter kill. What can I do? Um, the main thing is what I do with roses is I don't prune them back a whole lot in the winter. Um, you want to leave all that extended branching, and that over top uh, on the upper part. So that way, if you do get some winter kill, you have a lot left that you can prune back. If you prune them back in the fall, you're going to end up, then if you get winter kill, then you're going deeper into your plants. And that's the same with hydrangeas. A lot of these tender or more tender plants that we are growing in Calgary now. So you want to ensure that you leave enough wood on there that we do, and you will get some wood, um, you will get some winter desiccation um, in our plants here and there, especially when we're dry like this. But a couple of things you can do is cover them. Um, you can put like uh, chicken wire or stuck a wire around, create a circle, and then you can fill that center up with leaves. Um, that definitely helps. You could do um, sort of, you get those fiber pots or styrofoam covers you can do that as well um some people have used the wax covered um cardboard boxes as well and you can give that a try and that will definitely help um get your roses through the winter but right now i do have a caller i'm gonna go to ann good morning ann
5: Morning. how
3: are you i'm doing great how can i help you
5: um, I have discovered soil gnats in a majority of my house plants, and I'm just looking for what my plan
1: of attack
3: should be. Uh, well, one thing we're going to do is we're going to water a little bit less, uh, yeah. especially going into winter. I get a lot of these calls at this time of year. It's just We continue on our same watering schedule from the summertime, and then when we get into these shorter days, it, you will create that issue with the fungus gnats. Yeah. So we have a product called... A mosquito dunk um, okay. and we have them in little bags that uh, and with the directions on how to how to do it um, okay. so what you want to do is you create like a tea with these okay. mosquito dunks and then you water all your plants with it so it works very similar it kills the larvae and that in the, in the soil similar how it would deal with mosquitoes in ponds or what have you so okay. And it does work real good. but And then just before you do that, I like to just aerate the soil. So either just get a, a stick or a fork or I like using a chopstick sort of. Just just sort of stir up the top inch of the soil in your, all your pots just to let it air out because sometimes you get that sealed crust on there. Yeah. And then if you kind of aerate the soil, it'll help dry it out a little quicker. And then give it a water with the, with the tea mix With the mosquito dunk. And I can't remember the directions if you have to do it once or twice, but typically once or twice, and then that should solve this issue for you. Perfect. And then just water less. Yeah. And the main thing is, yeah, the main thing is with your plants is don't really ever set them on a schedule. It's good to have a schedule just to check them, but just because it's Tuesday, don't water, like if they're not dry. And all your plants won't need water the same day. So, So someday, Monday, your philodendron might need it. Your African violets might need it on Thursday. So just, but let them all dry out a little bit in between waterings and you'll have nice, healthy plants.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
3: You're very welcome. Have a great weekend.
6: You You as well. Take care.
3: Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And i got a couple more texts that I'm going to. Uh, someone was talking. I heard Kevin singing ABBA there just before I, I came on. He was pretty good. And uh, he got, uh, Kevin, we are very impressed with your, your staying alive vocals. So he uh, he should uh, maybe look at taking that up. He did a good job. But let's go. I got a, a text here. are 15 years old and have cu- been cut down to the bottom to try to make them stronger. New growth is very spindly and flops down and doesn't stand up with strong growth. Should I pull out and start over? No. What I would do is just, hopefully it's getting enough um, sunlight. But on those tall spindly ones, just take about the top third of those off. What had happened, it probably just got lots of new growth really quickly. And so they're probably quite tall and just flimsy. So just take the top, whatever, 25 to 30% off, kind of a third off the top, just above one of the nodes. That will hit, start thickening them right up. Also, next spring, I would fertilize with a 20 and 20 uh, and that will really just get them going first thing in the spring. So that should help with your lilacs because that's usually a good way of doing it is that uh, um, good way to rejuvenate is when you do that cut down. And depends when they're cut down. Um, if you got a bunch of growth during that heat, and especially this year, you probably did get a bit of that just because of the heat that we did have. But right now, we've got to take a break for the news. If you want to join me right after that, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: It's mainly sunny and minus two in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary City Council is set to get underway tomorrow. The first meeting will focus on upcoming service plans and budgets. Traffic will be allowed to move in both directions across the Canada-U.S. border tomorrow for the first time since sweeping COVID-19 travel restrictions were imposed in March last year. Canada still requires a costly COVID-19 test to enter the country, a condition that has many Canadian would-be travelers putting off travel for the time being. Daylight saving time came to an end last night. Double-check your clocks to make sure they have been turned back by one hour. A mix of sun and cloud and six degrees today, partly cloudy overnight, cooling down to a low of minus two. Tomorrow will be sunny and seven. It's minus two. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb.
3: Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to talk to Sue. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you?
1: Well, I have a beautiful Honeycrisp apple tree in my front yard, which faces west. And this year is going to be the first year that I have it without the protective water bag around it because I planted a new tree in the backyard and I needed to... Give that tree the water bag. So this year is going to be the first year that it's unprotected by that water bag. How will I prepare, like, should I wrap it in jute for the winter so it doesn't get uh, eaten by rabbits?
3: Um, for rabbits, that you can use a product either called Bobex or even you're just better to get some chicken wire or stucco wire and just sort of create circles around your, uh, like you can just create a barrier that way with some wire for the wintertime. What-
1: I see. Would it be right up against the bark, or should I put it like a few inches away? From yeah, the bark? a few
3: inches away, and that's even leaving the water bag on. I probably wouldn't recommend that always. Like if if it worked out, it was good, but typically I wouldn't recommend sort of anything tight up against the bark on your tree for long periods of time. Oh, so okay. even the one with the water bag, I would typically tr- say to remove that for the winter time. Okay. And just it's use a- the stucco wire. It's just that way that it gets used to the sun hitting it. And it's just going to age properly, and it's not. Uh, and it's it just it's just like if you wear a band aid or something all the time, real close to your skin, it, it can create rot and stuff like that as well.
1: Okay, um, so on my brand new tree that I planted, uh, how how will I support it for the winter? Like I almost feel like the, the bag offers some support to it as well.
3: Okay, you should be if it's planted properly. And especially going into winter, I wouldn't worry about it blowing over or doing anything like that because the ground will be frozen uh-huh. and it'll be rooted in. And I would just use the, the stucco wire, sort of create a barrier like that six, eight inches away, um, put a circle around the trunk of your tree. Um, if you're in an area with lots of rabbits and mice, I would I would use the product called Bobex as well or even put out some of those little mouse traps <coughs> that has the poison. And most and the poison that is in there, they're one kill. Right. So when the mouse eats it, it just goes and dies and if something else eats it, it won't die. Like it won't kill a bird or something like that. It sort of just ah. it's kinda of gross, but dehydrates them from the inside oh. out, blah blah blah. Oh, <laughs> Without <right>. getting too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is bobeck
1: something that you'd have to reapply during the winter as well? Or yeah, you if once? you
3: get lots of moisture, I sort of say once a month, unless we oh, get okay. a ton of rain or something like that. Um, it's good just to apply. It says that it can go up to two months, but again, depending on what type of area you live in, if you're in an area with lots of deer and lots of rabbits or some of the newer areas in, in around Calgary, we got lots mm-hmm. and lots of rabbits. Cause they, I feel bad. Like my neighbor, um, had, he planted a whole bunch of apple trees and, uh, and then he just didn't put the Bob on and, or the wire had it the mm-hmm. year before they didn't do it the second year and they just chewed, and it killed. It was $3,000 worth of plants. Like, it's Ah. just, and they'll chew the bark off the bottom, and then that, basically, they take it right down to the cambium layer, and then your tree just desiccates from the inside out, so.
1: Yeah, um, I lost one of my trees through that um, in the same area, in the same location, so I want to protect this
3: one. Yeah, so just ensure that you use the wire, Okay. And, and or Bob X for sure. And then just also, if your grass is quite long going into into fall here, give it one more mow just down just under that two inches. So that way it's a little bit tighter. If you have long, long grass, that invites those little critters to hang out. So
1: Wonderful. Thank you ever so much.
3: You're very welcome. Have a okay. great rest of the weekend. <laughs> Thank
1: you, you too. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. 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 All right, and I got enough time. I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia.
7: Oh, good morning, Mona. Um, I have uh, three healthy hibiscus plants, and they all have flowers on them. And I'm just wondering, should I be cutting back on the fertilizer for now?
3: Like, yeah, you- in in the winter time, you can kind of go down to every four or every six weeks or something like that, depending on how much you're doing it before. Right. Um, they're pretty heavy feeders, though. Like it, so if you if you continued on, it's not really going to hurt them. No, um, but you can um, definitely slow it down. But if you have them in a bright window and they're blooming, it they're going to use the food anyway. So, right. um, um, you definitely won't right. hurt. What are you feeding your your hibiscus? 30 uh, the
1: thirty ten ten.
3: Yep, that's that perfect. Right? Yep.
1: Okay, that's, and that's also perfect. is neem oil.
6: Good for cleaning the leaves. I've heard something about Absolutely.
3: Me. Yeah, and if well. you can still get it, um, we, we're we not allowed to sell it anymore in garden centers because it's not registered as a plant um, product. Oh, okay. Um, the, the government wants – we used to have it, and then the government said they wanted to have the registration fee of oh, a yeah. million dollars or more. Oh. And it's just – there's not enough um, – we we can't sell enough ever to get the, the right. million-dollar investment I back. Yeah. yeah, so – but you can – I guess – I think they still sell it in some of the health food because in the States, it's registered, I think, for about 400 pests. Um, the neem oil is an awesome natural insecticide yeah. and fungicide. Right. So – and that's where um, the, the pure spray green that we do sell – is a natural pharmaceutical grade mineral oil. Okay. What is it called? Pure spray green.
5: Pure spray green. Okay, yeah, I'll and it works one,
3: really good as a fungicide and a insecticide as well. All right. And you can use it to clean your leaves and it gets rid of all that yucky stuff. So
1: Okay.
5: Okay then, all then right. thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.
3: Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And that and that is uh, that's an unfortunate thing in Canada sometimes and um, with our population and stuff, and some of our regulations, it it does make it hard. And when the government does things like that, it just uh, there's so many other things they should be worried about than whether um, some of us are putting neem oil on our on our plants. <laughs> and I just think sometimes a little common sense wouldn't hurt. But we know that's probably a little bit hard when you get into some of the governments. So they don't look at uh, at that but I'm not going to go there and and today was uh, the end of daylight savings time just a reminder so it is 9:39 and I'm going to take a break right now if you'd like to join me after the break phone lines are open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and, excuse me, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255 if you'd like to give me a shout. And I'm going to go to Scott. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. Um,
8: I just actually sent a picture uh, during the break uh, for um, to, uh, visual reference. I picked up a couple um, mountain ash trees that were just like, you know, the bird's <coughs> poop variety in the back alley. I've yep. planted them in the, the front yards facing south, but they're, I'd say they're about the girth of a quarter right now. They're pretty small, but about yeah, I'm just looking high. at
3: the picture right now.
8: Yeah. Yeah. So first off, you answered my question about the chicken wire already. That thank you so for the previous caller. But I'm just kind of wondering here. For um, should I was told that I should be splitting them, but I've also read that they also grow in clusters. What's the best thing to do uh, here I,
3: for this tree, especially if it's in your front yard like that? I would definitely put them apart. Okay. Um, definitely way too close together because okay. those are going to be fairly big trees. And so you could go fifteen feet apart, sort of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, they I, they do grow better as individual. Okay. Um, yeah, sort of. Whenever you do see them, I find in the mountain ranges and that you'll see they do grow. They're not they're not like a cluster tree like a like an aspen or anything like that. Like they they are but more singular type tree.
8: Okay, I've just recently gave it a good drink. Should I be <coughs> separating them now or wait till the spring?
3: Um, I would probably just wait till spring. It'll okay. be fine. Yep, just do it just before, like, just when the ground's thawed, you're just starting to see a slight bud just okay. emerging at that point. Um, do that. I would probably recommend getting some Mike's product at that time, the tree and shrub Mike's, and then when you do it, rub it on the roots of the one that you're pulling out, and then you can even rub it on the roots on the in the one that's still in the ground okay. when you separate them. And then that will just definitely help get the roots going, and then you can use that product, the Rage Plus, sort of every couple of weeks throughout the rest of the summer, just to ensure that it's going to get the good water and the good root system it needs, and you should be good to go. Okay,
8: that was Mike's.
3: Yeah, it's M-Y-K-E-S. It's a mycorrhiza product, and... And uh, it's a, it's awesome for stimulating roots. It just gets the root hairs growing. So you don't want to feed it like a 30-10-10 or anything like this right now. We want to concentrate, get the roots growing, and get it nice and healthy that way. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah, and just be careful with that wire that doesn't rub on the other one. I sort of see the wire going across. Just make sure none of that hits the bark.
8: Yeah, and, from, the, from, uh, from where you're looking at it, it looks like it's right on it, but it's it's a good foot away from it.
3: Okay, yeah. and uh, yeah, and then just, they like said just around there, you could just put a couple of the steaks and then put your uh, chicken wire or or the stucco wire and uh, and just watch the mice too, like so either Bob X around there and the wire and you should be good to go.
8: Perfect, thank you very much.
3: You're very welcome. Okay, bye All on. right, bye-bye. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can give me a shout, uh, 403 Nine seven four eight two five five, and getting a few texts wondering how I can slow down or block the growth of my cactus. Usually, people have a hard time getting cactus to grow fast. Um, depending what type of cactus it is, you can you can cut them back. Um, you can break them off at the if it's one that has like a segments. If it has different sections of, of it, you can cut it back, or if it's just one straight one, if you're able to send us a picture in, we could have a look at that and be able to give you a little bit more. <clears throat> as far as slowing it down, um, you're just doing too good of a job, so um, I don't really want to tell you to, what not to do there because, like I said, cactuses are typically uh, slower growing, so if you're getting good good growth on it, that is will great as well. And I see tech Christus texted less light will help. Yeah, that will too. Slow it down. Um, like you said, but if you got it grown so healthy, <laughs> that's kind of a good thing. You kind of don't want to deter that. And got a couple more texts here. Good morning. What to do when saving the begonia over the winter? And so it can go outside again next summer. It's in a 12-inch pot. And depending if those are bulbs or not, and I'm not 100% sure on that variety. So if you dig down, um, you can just keep this as a houseplant. I would just cut, take about 30% off the top and uh, transplant it into a bigger pot, and you could just keep that as a great-looking houseplant all all winter long, and then just pop it back outside in the spring, and you'll have uh, great flowers all all winter long and they're actually quite, quite cool. And I've seen lots of them being used as, as, uh, as houseplants. So don't be afraid to do that. God, I'm getting so dry. I got my, my throat. I gotta drink some more water here. Good morning, Merle. Enjoy your show. Very helpful advice. Well, thank you for that. I have a 15 year old Arctic Kiwi vine. Can I rejuvenate it by cutting it back to the ground? It it is up to the ease and very gnarly. Yeah, with that too, you might even just wanna leave about a third of it um up and I would do it in the spring. But I wouldn't do it right now. So I would uh <clears throat> I would do it and maybe take some of the sides off some of the old deadwood. Um <clears throat> but try and leave like two or three feet of good solid branching, and then it'll just send a branch from there. And I'm sort of following what I see being done in the wineries. Like when you go to a, a winery like, uh, like Quail's Gate or Mission Hill or something like that, um, you'll see underneath the, where the vines branch out, they have a real, real thick stump. So they keep going down to that three to four foot level, and they rejuvenate them, and then they let them vine out from that stump. So I'm going to recommend you do the very same thing with your kiwi vine is, uh, you sort of leave it at that three to four feet stump area and that it'll send out all it's binding from that point. Um, you just don't want to lose all that great energy you have in there. So, and we got one more here and it says, thank you for the show. Do you know any friendly deterrent to pigeons nesting or hiding in unwanted places, piping gutters, um, yeah, definitely. Um, some of the, the flickering silver things, um, a lot more is those spiked, um, you can get them at Birdo. bird out. I don't think we have any in, um, some of the hardware stores have, uh, and they're just called bird deterrent and they have little spikes so you can stick it on the areas where they like to nest and it just makes it really uncomfortable. <laughs> Do not use the, the sticky, um, things. I, I remember someone I knew um, had used the, the sticky sticks up there and then the bird got stuck in there and it wasn't very good. So don't do not do that. And <laughs> and just use the spikes and that will will work from there. But right now I'm going to take a break. And if you'd like to join me after that, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon.
1: Yeah, good morning. I'm phoning. Hey, how, how can I help
3: you?
1: I'm phoning out here from Pincher
2: Creek, and I've got a, a Virginia creeper. Uh several of them growing up a pergola I have. They're really beautiful until this summer I've got these
1: flying white flies as soon as you come near this thing.
3: I yeah, the leaf hoppers.
6: Heard... Yeah,
1: just yeah, right. And just before I your break about the neem oil, I was just coming into <laughs> Calgary this week to stop at your place to see about neem oil. Now uh what else
3: can I do? Well you can get um the product's called Pure Spray Green. Um, and it works really quite well. And Virginia Creeper, I did. A, we did a life-size dragon, and I was doing this with one of our customers a few years ago, and uh, we, him and his son, had built this life-size dragon in the backyard, and they did it out of the a, of a metal, a metal skeleton, and uh-huh. then we had um, Virginia Creeper growing all over it, um, sort of to create the the skin to make it look like it was um cool. alive whatever and uh, so but when you have a large amount like that so we use pure spray green and sort of from july 1st to about the end of july you need to give it a spray sort of every five days because that's sort of when they hatch and 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 do that but once you get them through that cycle um you're totally fine
1: okay from the beginning of july
3: yeah because that's okay. sort of when they start coming out if you see them a bit earlier uh, obviously start then but you want to start on it before you start seeing too much damage. because um, So just just check underneath the leaves and things like that. And it works mm-hmm. really good as a fungicide as well, so you won't get any of that powdery mildew, which you can yeah. get sometimes on the on those Virginia creeper.
8: Yeah, sure do.
1: Um, I've got a bunch of patio furniture out there in July. Am, am I, I going to be safe with that or cover
3: up? Uh, yeah, you definitely cover it up because it, it is an oil. Um, okay. so you could either mix it into like a backpack sprayer and then just, yeah. just sort of go through and create that mist and get in the leaves and things like that, or a hose end sprayer. Um, the backpack one works the best, um, because that way you're not wasting a whole bunch of product and you can just mix it and just give it a good shake. Um, and then just, just sort of spray it sort of that once a, once every five days and, and get okay. through that cycle. Sorry, and, and, one uh, m- and
1: one last time the name again.
3: It's Pure Spray Green. Pure
1: Spray Green. Okay, thank you very yeah, much. And
3: it's a pharmaceutical Alberta product. It's actually made by Suncor. Um, oh. It's a byproduct from our natural resource, our oil and gas. Uh, maybe and,
8: my stock is the one
3: thing I buy it. Yeah. And uh, so you can get it there at Spruce It Up. And I'm not sure sure else has it because I know I did buy a wag of it. It got discontinued on some point. And on some one of our distributors went out of business, so a bunch of it came available. So I I got a whole bunch of it. It's okay. just such a good product. It's the next best thing, like to to neem oil. I kind of kind of like it's our neem oil that we can have. So okay. it uh, it works really quite well.
2: Great. I'll be in on Thursday. Thank
3: you very much. All right. Say hi. Thanks when bye. you're there. Thanks, Gordon. Bye bye. All right, and where I'm at for time, I actually probably don't have time. So if Marie, Dawn, Jean, and Don want to just hang on after the break, I will definitely go um, to you right away after the break. I'm going to do just a quick text because I'm right near the end. Hello, Merle. We always enjoy the garden show. Do you have any tips on how to successfully plant an avocado plant? The tip has been rooting in water and is about 12 inches high. With a strong root system. Yeah, so at that point, what you want to do is sort of, you want to plant it into, if it's that big already, I'd go into it like a six or an eight-inch pot, um, put about a couple inches of soil in the bottom, put the, the, the avocado pit with the roots into the pot, and then just gently fill it up. You leave the top third of the pit just sticking out of the soil, and and then just pack it in nicely, water it in. And you might need to stake that up, but it should be fine. And if it keeps going a little bit spindly, you might want just, to uh, just tip that growth on it to make it thicken up, and you should be good to go. But right now I'm going to take a break. For the news you're listening to, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: It's mainly sunny and minus two in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. New service plans and budgets are top of the agenda at tomorrow's first city council meeting with the newly elected council. The city's revenue stream has been hit hard thanks to empty office buildings downtown and the provincial government taking a larger cut from property taxes. Political analyst Lori Williams says the federal government may be able to help.
1: So we already know with respect to child care and housing that a direct deal with the federal government is possible. Uh, and so uh, again, that becomes politically complicated because um, the provincial government is going to be the one want to sort of get the credit for whatever deal is is made.
0: Williams says dealing with municipalities has been a tactic premier our prime minister Justin Trudeau has used for a while, rather than dealing with premier Jason Kenney. We're still likely two years away from a provincial election in Alberta, but one party is preparing to secure a seat in the legislature. The Alberta party held their annual general meeting yesterday, which featured a virtual meet and greet with the new leader, Barry Morishida.
8: You know, we've got plans in place. Uh, to move across this province. We've got plans in place to develop CAs and, and networks across communities. We've got plans in place to recruit candidates. So now the hard work for the next 20 months, 20 months begins so that we're in a position to form government in 2023. In
0: 2019, the Alberta Party won 9% of the popular vote, but failed to win a seat in the legislature. The potential for a strike at the Cargill meatpacking plant in High River continues to grow. Over 1,400 unionized workers participated in a strike vote Thursday, with the overwhelming majority voting in favor of strike action. UFCW local 401 Scott Payne says workers don't feel respected by the company, as mediation talks were revealed to have changes to benefits which would have ultimately had the workers pay more in the end. Cargill tells Global News it aims to be a supportive employer and is engaging in regular discussions with union members. The southbound lanes on the road to North America's post-pandemic recovery will finally reopen tomorrow as the United States allows fully vaccinated travelers to, cro- to cross the Canada-U.S. land border. Steve Henniger reports.
2: It's the first time traffic has been allowed to move in both directions since the two countries imposed sweeping COVID-19 travel restrictions in March 2020. But Canada still requires a costly COVID-19 test to travel northbound, which has many Canadian would-be visitors cooling their heels for now. Canada's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Theresa Tam, says the policy is under review, though no word yet when it might change. Canadian Chamber of Commerce CEO, Perrin Beattie, says the policy creates administrative hassles along a border where people are supposed to be able to cross freely. Steve Henniger, the Canadian Press.
0: This Remembrance Day, Afghanistan war veteran Teg Singh will be riding his bike to military memorials around Calgary as a fundraiser for the Veterans Transition Network. VTN Executive Director Oliver Thorne says the charity has raised $2.5 million, their typical annual budget, in the past three months. And it's money that has gone to getting Afghan citizens out of the country and housing them in emergency shelters.
1: If they've done anything good, they're an enemy of the Taliban. Um, and and that's, that is who this population is. They're individuals who have worked with NGOs, with the Canadian government, um, and they are kind of public enemy number one on the list of the Taliban. So, so we're enormously worried for their, for their well-being and their safety.
0: For veterans like Singh, taking part in the Ride for Veterans is a way to help those who assisted our armed forces and whose lives are still at risk. It's time to fall back. Daylight saving time ended last night, giving you an extra hour of sleep. But you'll want to make sure you turn your clocks back an hour if you haven't already done so. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames are back in the win column after last night's 6-0 win over the visiting New York Rangers. It's goalie Jacob Markstrom's fourth shutout of the season and keeps the Flames' point streak going to 10 games. The Flames have a couple of nights off before hosting the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday. Winners are being crowned today at the Grand Slam of Curling's National in Chestermere. Newfoundland's Brad Gushu faces Scotland's Bruce Mowat in the men's final this afternoon. And later, later Tracy Fleury of Manitoba meets Sweden's Anna Hasselborg in the women's final. Global News SkyTracker weather. A mix in sun and cloud today with a high of 6, partly cloudy overnight, cooling down to a low of minus 2, but the wind chill will make it feel closer to minus 8. Tomorrow will be sunny and windy in the morning with a high of 7. It's minus 2 at 10.05, breaking news when it happens, our next update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb.
3: Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons, and we're at the top of the second hour here at Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join me, we have a few spots open, 403-974-8255. And just a reminder, daylight savings has ended. And it is ten oh seven. So right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Uh, hello. Hi there. How can I help you? Yeah,
1: I like to buy a rose bush. What type should I buy that profusely blooms?
3: Okay, and what um, what color are you like? Red. Ah, uh, there's quite a few. Like any, some of the Morden Centennial is actually a really nice one. Um, that yes. any of the Morden series are really quite nice, and they look like real roses. Oh, good. Um, and they're a hardy, they're not, like, the tea roses you can grow as well, but yeah. when you get into the Morden series, yeah. it just, it, they're hardy varieties that were developed in Manitoba, so oh. good, good hardy roses, and they look like a cut rose, like they look like a real rose, so I would recommend yeah. any of the Morden series.
1: Oh, good. And so how tall do they grow, and do they push out to the side
3: too? Yeah, they do. They get about three feet high, those ones, three to four feet at the most. So they stay fairly compact, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And they, and they get about two to three feet wide as well. So okay. – and put them in the sunniest spot you have. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: And then okay. they will do really, really well. And And, can- uh, and then just – Whenever it's blooming throughout the spring and summer, just just deadhead them. Like whenever the blooms look like they're done, just make sure you cut them off and then that'll encourage it to keep blooming.
1: Oh, wonderful. And tell me, what type of fertilizer should I use?
3: Well, on those, I like to use 15, 30, 15. You want to use a higher middle number. Yeah. And then that encourages good root growth and also Mm -hmm. will help create lots of nice blooms for you. Oh,
1: wonderful.
3: Thank you so much. All right. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling in.
1: Okay. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to, I just see a text, and Chris says, uh, uh, I like this, LOL, it's not dirt, it's soil. Someone's listening. So I always say that when people ask me about uh, uh, dirt or soil, but I always, yeah, it's... uh, we sweep the dirt off the floor and we put soil into our garden so yeah it's always soil and i'm going to go to jean good morning jean
7: hello Merle. Uh, uh, i i would like uh, need more information on those horrible things that eat to star at the top <coughs> of my spruce trees and then eat down
3: oh those weevils they're oh, the nasty weev-
7: weevils uh, um what what are what, they're not a red beetle or anything
3: no they're a little they're a little maggot and they kind of, what happens early spring, they crawl up to the top of your tree uh-huh. and they, bur- they burrow into the new growth where it's nice and soft and lush and they get in there and they kind of, they eat the tree from the inside out.
7: Right. Now, I've, I've got you before, but you see, the tree that is being attacked is about 50 feet tall but now, uh, it's eaten down about half the tree. So, I got about twenty-five feet, it but it's still too high to reach. I, I'm out in the country, and I only how have how far couch, away
3: from Calgary are you?
7: Two and a half hours, three okay. hours.
3: Okay, what what's your nearest town or?
7: Well, I, can, I haven't, can't afford an arborator, arborist.
3: Oh, arborist, yeah, because that's really, I was going to say, the only way is no, to get... No,
7: I have a, a front-end loader. I, can, I could get somebody up a boat <laughs> now, but I have a 12-foot ladder, but then that'll be a while.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, not... Yeah, I wouldn't recommend But I got to
7: saw it off, and I could saw it off. Uh, but now, if I saw... Uh, they don't fly these things in, do they?
3: Nope. Well, they do. They have a flying stage, but for the most part, yeah, they they crawl up there as a. So the main thing is to do is a really good cleanup in the in the spring as well. Um, but if you're getting that much damage already, it's like if yeah, you just got to try and get up there to save the tree, right? And
7: now so, do I now the big chunk? Is it safe? Uh, um, I can haul it out to my pasture, but I I don't want to burn it where I take it. Yeah, but it would be better to burn it,
3: wouldn't it? Um, for the most part, if you if you just take out the chunk, yeah, you could burn it. Um, is good, but once you cut it out, um, and do It'll a good clean up and spray it, like, uh, it's tough when it's when you're especially when you're out out there. Like it's, um. And I'm not sure if a weevil would go down that far though, um, unless it's been in there. You have a real bad infestation, and it just keeps going down and down. Because usually they'll do the top four or five feet at the most, sort of thing. Right. And and then they typically the wood gets too old and big for them. Like they don't they they can't chew through it anymore oh, because okay. it, it's it's too soft. I mean, too not- hard.
7: If I hauled it out to the pasture and left it there, they'd die there. They'd die, would they? Yeah. Now, it it has started on another nice 50-foot tree right next to it at the
3: top. Oh, that's... Yeah, you got to get up and get that cut out. And uh, because what you got to do is you cut out just below where the... Where they're eating. Yeah, where they're eating. Yeah, absolutely.
7: Uh, Is there anything you spray it with?
3: No, you'd have to use a systemic. So you'd have to get. Um, so what you can maybe do if it sounds like you're on a farm or an acreage of some right, sort, right? You can go to your UFA and ask them for a systemic because you guys are able to get um, a little bit better, more powerful insecticides than what we're allowed to sell retail. Uh-huh. So as a farmer, you can go in and you can get systemic. Uh huh. And so just tell them what you got. And they will probably have a product that you can mix with water, and pour it into the root system, and 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 get, look after them that way.
7: Oh, and it wouldn't hurt the tree, but it would go in the root
3: That's system. That's right. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just chat with the with the with the people at your UFA or your farm supply, and let them know what you're looking for, and they should be able to help you. out.
7: What do you actually call these things?
3: Weevil. Yeah.
7: It's a Weevil, okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. We used to have a product, and then it, it just got taken off the market about four or five years ago mm-hmm. um, that we were able to sell. Um, a lot of the stuff is still available in the United States, but they've taken it out and of And
7: I, uh, I desperately need to buy your spray, your green, your green spray green. And uh, but when I get there, I don't know when I'll be able to get up there, but I need I need a lot because I, I have... Um, uh, saskatoon bush about 30 saskatoon bushes they're just uh quite new they're, they're about five four years four or five years yeah. now and raspberry bushes and uh, my raspberry bushes i couldn't get the the the, the that your your spray last spring when I got it and and those uh, the, my leaves were eaten so i I had a whole bunch of beautiful blossoms, but i I only had about a a dozen berries off the whole patch
3: <laughs> yeah and so then those just you could cut some of that off and just a lot of times even if you could just hose them off at certain times with with even just a good pressure nozzle if you're getting aphids or something that's eating the new growth. Just yeah. give them a good spray with a uni nozzle if you don't have access to any kind of, uh, like the, the Pure Spray Green or something.
7: Well, I'm going to get up to your place and buy it Okay. and buy a bunch of it if I can. So okay. uh, I'll, I'll I'll find you and, and hope to get you there, and then I'll be ready in the spring to get those guys.
3: Sounds good. <laughs> okay. All right, and don't climb up on that tree. Be careful. All right.
7: I, well, I got a twelve foot ladder so I I got uh that's I, got a I know but I just have
3: envision it. of you on top having the ladder inside the bucket and Oh
7: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd have to have somebody else oh. I'd run the tractor and get somebody else on the bucket. I'm <laughs> <laughs>
5: There you go. I'm, You're smart a, I'm a
7: senior, way. senior. So, but yeah. I've been up, I've been up on my twelve foot ladder, I'd lots of times up on a roof. But that, but that, yeah. this is a little bit too high. Okay, well, thanks you.
3: All right, just be careful. You All bet. right, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we do. It's too bad you weren't a little closer. We'd be able to get our team out there with our. Uh, we have a sixty foot bucket, Um we're so we're able to reach up into those tall areas and. I know the crew was just out in Banff there uh, two weekends ago, last weekend actually, and uh, looked after a big spruce hedge for for one of our clients. So uh, it's very nice to, to be able to help out where we can. And I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and again, just a quick reminder: it is 10:20 a.m. Uh, as daylight savings time has ended, so uh, we get to sleep in an extra hour, I guess. Or for people like me, you wake up and then now, all of a sudden you're just up an hour earlier. So, <laughs> anyways, let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to Dawn. Good morning, Dawn. What is that,
5: me?
3: Yes, it is. Hi, Dawn.
5: Perfect. Hi, how are
3: you? Good, good. How can I help you?
5: Good. I have a big problem with fungus gnats in my indoor house plants. Okay. And we've tried um, the dust in, insecticide. I've tried those little pucks for mosquito, but uh, those pucks don't seem to um, dissolve in water. Um, and then my husband bought some Nemo toads, and I'm not sure about those.
3: So those should work. The mosquito dunks should work. We have a little instruction sheet on how to do it. Um, okay to get it to dissolve into the water you make a tea and uh and then you sort of if you do it into a water can and then you kind of keep it and then and then you can use it to water in your plants um we we get a lot of people using it so it, it should work for you um if do you, did you get them from us or because we we usually supply the little instruction sheet with it when you're buying it
5: yeah, I think we did get them from you guys from you as well, but I'm not sure. Like, like, do I put hot? Do I do I dissolve them in hot water? Because I kind of um, put like a quarter and crumpled it up into a jug of water and let it sit for you know a couple of days, and it's just crumbled into little pieces.
3: Yeah, it's probably dissolved into that. I don't. I'm, I said I I don't recall the exact instructions on it. Um, if you if you call down to the store or or send an email to info at siugc ca, okay. They can they can uh, or even on Instagram or Facebook or something. If you want to, they could probably send you a picture of the instruction sheet on how okay. to do it. And uh, or if you're close by, stop by for a visit and. Uh, oh
7: yeah. And yeah.
3: And, and do it that way and just talk to the girls. Um, both Jess and Jen are in today and uh, they would definitely be able to steer you in the right direction. So,
5: okay. And that's, that that's is your best...
3: best bet. And and to, and to also, you got to just change the watering practice. Um, typically, when you get fungus gnats, and I had an earlier caller, um, it's typically watering too much. When we see a lot more of this as we head into winter, because uh, our days get a lot shorter. And the plants aren't using as much water, so what I would do is also just aerate the top of the soil. Like get a like a chopstick or a fork, and then just sort of stir, like just go through the top bit of the soil on the pots. Yeah. Or if you like to use your finger, and just just aerate it so that way it can dry out as well, and then just cut your watering down. Only water when they're dry, not on a regular schedule, and right. and that will make a big difference because. A lot of times, people get into a schedule because it's Thursday. I, I got to water my plants on Thursday. Yeah, um, yeah. So you got to break those habits, and usually good habits to have because at least you. But maybe those are the habits. The Thursday you check, you check your plants. You don't water them. You're just checking them to see if they need water, and right. then check. And they can typically can go an extra week, unless it's right out in the full sun or something. But at this yeah. time of year, your plants can definitely go a lot longer. Um, without water and they can dry out a little bit more so i, I would just leave them for a bit and okay. uh let them dry out and but that mosquito stuff should work to kill the larvae and get it looked after but the biggest thing is is just to change up your watering practices get used to just watering just when the plant is dry
5: yeah yeah that's what i've tried but there's some plants that just keep the water in there um but yeah I'll, I'll, and that's I'll, why I'll you
3: gotta steer back. it up yep and just aerate the top of the soil. That will help dry them out. Maybe move those plants into a sunnier location mm-hmm. until they dry out, and uh, and then you can move them back and then get them onto a regular watering schedule. Right. Uh, but maybe just just get those into some bright light and uh, get that soil dried out. And okay.
5: What about uh, what about putting sand on top of the soil?
3: No, that's going to hold more moisture into it as well. Okay. Okay. yeah, yeah, oh, it okay. uh, yeah, because then you can't really see the soil. Yeah, All right, let's that's just what I was let, yeah, so let's just get it fixed first and uh, and uh, and just do it that way. It would just just aerate the soil, let it dry out, get them into nice warm spots. get your mosquito dunk tea um, yeah. fixed up and give them a shot of that and uh, then you should be good to go.
5: Okay, that's great. thank you so much.
3: All right, thanks, Don. Good luck. Have a good day. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. All right, going to go to Robert. Good morning, Robert.
6: Good morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Merle, how can I I help you? Uh, I just finished setting up my uh, bird feeder and heated bird bath for the winter, and uh, I just did it on Saturday. And uh, the birds found it and they were delighting in it. And uh, first thing this morning, a cat shows up. And uh, I just wanted to emphasize to people how important it is for people to keep their the house cats in their house because uh, they're not supposed to be out roaming around. And unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, there is the odd cat around from time to time. But, yep. uh, you know, it's something that's, that's very, very important at this time of year when people are setting up their bird feeders.
3: Yeah, I know You're sort of like you're watching the old Sylvester and Tweety thing, right? <laughs> He's hanging out, waiting for him underneath the underneath the bird feeder. But so Tweety thing, right? But we 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 do have a product called Skedaddle. Underneath the, underneath the bird. You maybe okay. want to turn off your radio there, Robert.
6: Well, I haven't got my radio on actually.
3: Okay. Oh, we're getting feedback in the back somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there, okay. but um, that, that's better. Yeah, that's there you better. are.
6: Uh, but uh, o- over the years, Merle, uh, I've seen the magpies dive bomb cats, and uh, like they and they gang up on the cat and and they drive it away. But this morning there was only two two magpies, and they were they like the cat was more persistent than them actually. But uh, the bottom line is that people should keep their house cats in the house.
3: Yeah. No. And you can always, if it becomes a persistent issue, you can always call three one one or or something like that, and hopefully, or or if you know who it is, maybe a gentle, well, uh, gentle chit chat with somebody and say, "Hey, do you mind keeping that, your cat inside my my that bird could feeder?" Be the
6: situation. We've had a few uh, a few uh, new people that moved in into the neighborhood recently, so maybe it's that's where the cat came from. Yeah but I do enjoy enjoy your show and especially enjoy the the guy the bird guy that comes on from time to time.
3: Yeah Brad the bird man yeah he's a good guy and actually I'll be having him on next week probably um to come on and try and get a little bit more regular through the winter as we as we get going through here cuz he always has lots of good information and he's always, he's down at the store today so if anybody's going down uh, and they want to chat with Brad about birds Um, he's down at the garden center today. So if you you need any help with that, he'd be more than happy to help you out.
6: Well, that's one from Earl. Thanks very much.
3: All right, take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: It's partly cloudy and two degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Case managers with Veterans Affairs Canada continue to be overwhelmed by the number of veterans assigned to them. Case managers still deal with an average of 33 clients each, despite promises from the Liberal government to reduce their caseloads to a maximum of 25. Concertgoers who attended the sold-out Astroworld Music Festival in Texas say they are still shocked at the deadly pandemonium that broke out on Friday. Eight people died in the crowd surge, including a 14-year-old boy and dozens more were injured. Last night was the time to fall back. A reminder, daylight saving time ended last night and to turn your clocks back one hour. A mix of sun and cloud for today reaching a high of 6, partly cloudy overnight with a low of minus 2, and sunny and 7 for tomorrow. It's 2 degrees, breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 11 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb.
3: Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm Merle Coombs, and it is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calvary's year-round garden center destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to go to Robert. Good morning, Robert. Oh, sorry, I already did, Robert. Sorry about that. Forgot the cross. I'm off my list. Going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Good
8: morning, Merle. How are you today?
3: Good, good. Yourself?
2: Good. See, i got a house plant, and it's, I don't know the proper name of it. It's kind of like a wandering Jew. It's quite a long, viney plant with kind of heart-shaped grooves. Yep. But I've got these little white, looks like little white cotton batten, and inside there, there's a little green bug.
3: Yeah, it's called so mealybug.
6: bug. Mealy bug. Okay, and it's covered in it. What should I, can I spray it with okay. something? Or?
3: Yeah, you can um, but it takes a little bit of um, work with those, too. Like, if you get a Q-tip, you can spray it with Pure Spray Green or, or an Ambush or something like that. But it's almost better if you get, like, a, like a little Q-tip, dip it into the, into the Pure Spray Green and just rub it out, like sort of like you'd be cleaning your ears out. Yeah. Um, actually,
2: I talked so, in your shop here a couple of months ago, and actually the one of the, your girls told me that. And then I had it under control, I thought. And then I went on holidays for a month and I came back and it's
3: just lousy. Yeah. So once you get it under control, like physically, and then you got to spray it, maybe spray it once a week for sort of three weeks in a row just to get the eggs and stuff after. Okay. Um, Because what has happened is when you clean it, there's probably still eggs in there and then it's going to come back again. So what you want to do is just give it a spray. um, Like I said, once a week for two or three weeks, and then that should definitely help clean it up. Or and just keep an eye on it. No more holidays for you, for oh, you I Ken, know. Sorry, yeah. I stay
0: home. <laughs> that, yeah that so, but
3: make... that is the best way because they they do cling, and that that cotton sort of creates that protective yeah. barrier for over top of it. So you got to just clean them up. Perfect. Yeah, it, it almost became an outside plant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All Thank right. Thanks, Ken. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens sometimes, uh, and I've definitely had that. If you get those heavy infestations of uh, spider mites or certain things, sometimes you're better just to... Uh Put it outside and uh, and let nature take its course. When it hits the minus ten to twenty, that will usually deal with any of those spider mites quite quite well. They don't uh, they don't like it after that so much. And where I'm at for time, I got time. I'm going to go to James. Good morning, James. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Yeah, I I just sent you a text with a picture of some tomatoes
2: and. Um we had some tomatoes on the south side of the house, and they were growing quite well, and uh, they were Roma okay. tomatoes. And yeah, I see that, yeah. Yeah, we took them down prior to the kind of the first frost, early September. I left some out and then brought those in and then put them in the basement, and they, I don't know, shriveled up, I guess, or they 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 did not stay firm. I'm just wondering what we did wrong or what we can do to... I that, think
3: you maybe time. tried to store them. Maybe whether maybe they were ripened a little bit too far along, possibly. Um, when I'm looking at, or was it cool enough where you were storing them? Yeah, in the basement. So yeah, we think so. You know, yeah, uh, it looks yeah. like it was just maybe maybe wasn't quite cool enough, and and it looks like you had it wrapped in paper. Yep. Okay, and maybe just make sure. Like I think when they're ripened to a point, too, is a little bit more airflow through it, um, and it doesn't look like there's blossom end rod or anything. I'm kind of looking to see if it had any calcium deficiencies, but it yeah. doesn't look like you had any of that. Yeah, it's just more of a, I would think it's just a storage, like getting them to a, a cooler point of, of storing your tomatoes is what my guess would be. Okay, what um, about leaving them on vine longer, I guess? We- absolutely, absolutely, that's another um, definitely a way to do it. Um, okay. getting them vine ripened or uh, making the bruschetta a little sooner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Because you're also growing them naturally, right? Yeah. So um, and a lot of times when we get stuff from the grocery stores, they're sprayed with other things to help store them and to help make them preserve properly. So <laughs> it, it's – it, it's so you're like you say you're doing it naturally so um it, it's it, you're probably maybe not going to get as long as you bought some at a grocery store where sometimes it seems like it'll sit there on the counter for for mm-hmm. weeks on end and and nothing happens I and it kind of tells you that they're probably treated with something yeah. to help yeah. help do that so yeah we we so. had a
2: great crop it was it, as soon as we put them on the side of the house it was a, it was a very good crop yeah it was just a little disappointing that they turned uh shriveled up i guess at the end but
3: yeah we'll, uh, my guess is yeah they just um uh, just having them in a little bit of a cooler spot okay. and but not refrigerated and it's i'm just trying to see if there's any other ideas that i should yeah you don't put them in the refrigerator just cool dark spot and and like i said i think they're probably just along a little bit further along than than mm-hmm. what they would normally yeah. be to to ripen them up okay Perfect. Alrighty. Thanks, Thanks James. Yeah, And just, like I said, just get on the bruschetta earlier, then you don't have to worry. (laughs) Yeah, my wife makes great bruschetta. (laughs) Awesome. Perfect. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. And actually, I got time to take one more. I'm going to go to Christine. Good morning, Christine.
5: Good morning, Merle. Um, I live in Northwest Calgary and I have a mountain ash tree. It's about 22 years old. It's Just lovely. I'm wondering, I have to prune at least one branch because it's impeding on my neighbor's deck. I'm wondering if I could do that now or if it's better for me to wait till the spring.
3: Um, If it it can wait, I would probably wait. Um, Unless it's dead, damaged, or diseased, um, then I would take it off. But if it's just something that you need to remove because of an obstacle... Mm-hmm. I I would wait till spring. How how thick do you think the branch is?
1: I would say at
5: where it joins the rest of the tree, it's probably. I'm looking at it now. I'd say a good three inches in diameter.
3: Okay, that's not too bad. You just want to, but when you do prune it, so, and and is the, is the branch quite long? Like about eight feet long or something?
5: Yeah, more than. Okay,
3: so when you do cut it off, if you're going to do it yourself, you want to take it off in about two or three sections. So cut off the longest, thing, take two feet off, take another two feet off, and work your way into the trunk because you don't want to cut it all off at once because then you'll you'll tear on you because you'll have all that weight coming off at one time and there's a really good chance that you'll tear. So just do it in two or three cuts, work your way towards the trunk, and then right at the main trunk you'll see a collar. There's a little, like a little edge, yeah. And you want to be just on the outside of that edge when you make your final cut, so it just nice and and then you can do that now. Um, so if it's that's, if it's smaller, I wasn't too sure if it was like a five or six inch. If it's that, if it's three inch, that's fine. And then over the winter, that helps with the the healing, and it'll start healing over. So you just want to be able to do that, and you'll be totally fine. Okay, so it would
5: be okay to do it now then. Yeah, absolutely. Okay bigger ones that you would suggest weighted? Is that
3: correct? Yeah, if, you, if you're if you reducing a tree by quite a bit or larger, because um, okay. sometimes you open up to big frost cracks and things like that. Um, oh. But on something like that, you should be fine. Again, just be careful not to take too much at once. Like Do that two feet, work your way towards the, the main trunk, and yep. then that way you don't, uh, don't get any bad pruning, any tears or anything.
5: Perfect. Thank you very much.
3: All right. Thank you. Bye, bye. Christine. Bye-bye. All right. And I got to take a break. And phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. If you'd like to join me, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255. And we're just trying to get... Uh, we just found, and they're going to print off a bunch more of the fungus gnat um, instructions at, down at Spruce It Up. Um, we were out of the the instruction sheet, so they're just going to work on that today. should have that ready to go for when you go in there but the, it is the mosquito dunk and uh and what you do is you just create you drop one of those containers into uh into a water can and then you just let it um dissolve and it works great on the mosquito larvae and other flying insects including fungus gnats and fruit flies it's kind of neat when they can when you can have something like that where you uh can also um, use it for, for your mosquitoes outside, and it looks after, after some of these other bugs because I'm sure they reproduce very similar, um, same way as well. And someone just texted in as well, for the cat problem, the city of Kyrie has humane cat traps to use, and when you have a cat in it, you return it with them with it in the trap, and they contact the owner who needs to pay the fine to get the cat back and 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 that's true like a lot of times i know you see people who are out there and, and we are heading into the bird feeding season and and if cats are out and uh and going after that and going in your yard and stuff like that they need to control them as well as uh it's pretty cool when you see the birds out and about but i'll be honest you don't see a ton of cats roaming around as bad as you used to from uh from what I remember, as a kid, we see the odd uh, big old alley cats run around and uh, and dealing with them. I'm going to just go to the text line. We've got a couple texts. I picked up a fiddle-leaf fig in late September. It's been doing quite nicely. Two new leaves with minimal endemma. However, I have a few articles about folks using clover as a cover crop for their indoor pots. Do you think that might work as a fiddle fig? To give nitrogen requirements. Um, just trying to think. I've, I haven't really ever done anything like that. The only problem is, is that the clover kind of gets ratty looking after a while. I, I just think you're better off if you want to make sure you're fertilizing and doing your things properly. You can just put them on a on a regular feeding basis, uh, like a fiddle leaf fig, 20, 20, 20, 20, once a month, and that will just give it everything it needs. If you want to plant a companion plant underneath your fig um, you can definitely use a pothos or the spider plant um, some of the ivies would go really well underneath there and and then that would definitely help out for sure if you're trying to just create a little bit of a nicer look but my only problem was with the clover like i said it, it looks good for a bit then it kind of looks ratty and, and it's going to dry out a lot quicker than your plant will need water because it's a very shallow root. And your fiddle a fig has a big deep root system. So you got to wait till the bottom of the pot is drier. And in the meantime, your clover on top needs water. And, and then that's going to create um, an issue of too much water. For your for your fiddle leaf fig, so just you got to be careful on sometimes when you're doing these companion planting, ensuring that the the same water um, needs are for each of the plants. And I believe I got a Randy on the line. I'm going to go to Randy. Come on, Randy. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you?
2: I actually text you uh, some pictures of some spruce trees. I've got about four or about sixteen. 16- uh, 40 to 50-foot spruce trees in uh property of Drumheller. A few okay. years ago, the bottom needles, it looked like, you know, maybe if somebody was spraying with some 240 d Roundup, just the uh, few branches on the bottom of the, the odd tree uh, were dying. I thought maybe they were just got hit with some chemicals.
3: But then okay. over
2: here, they kept getting bigger and bigger, and, and uh, the south side of the trees... Or um, we're really dying. The north side of the trees were fine, and now you can see in the pictures all the inside, uh, the middle of the the needles are starting to turn brown.
3: Somebody okay, when did you send, What time did you send the pictures? Do you think? Because I'm just I don't see them yet.
2: Oh, okay. I just sent them probably about 50 minutes ago, but I sent them uh, about two weeks ago as well. I just never heard anything back.
3: Okay, I I don't see them for some reason. They're not coming through. This Um, is 974-8256? No,
2: 8255.
3: 8255. That's probably (laughs) why. This other guy's wondering why you're texting him all these pictures of spruce trees.
2: But, anyways, now I talked to one guy, and he figured they might be spider mites. So, this last year, I've been spraying uh, with high-pressure water, you know, up, trying to, uh, you know, get as high as I
3: can. I, I would I say it's probably more desiccation. Like, If you send me the pictures, I'll definitely respond. Um, when you get these big trees like this, and it's probably just um, years of desiccation. So watering them right now is a really important time. If you can hose them down, um, if you can get any kind of uni nozzle, give a good spray, and then put a soaker hose on them like, for a few hours. Um this week when it's nice and warm, it's supposed to be warm all week. I give them four or five hours of water each day if you can, like with those just a soaker hose that leaks out those. So you're not wasting any water getting down there. And I would say it's probably more that than spider mites. Okay, there might be some in there, but I, I, my guess would be we're probably dealing, and they might need a good spruce clean out. And uh, where you can get up into them and do a really nice cleaning up and remove a bunch of the dead wood from the center of those spruce trees.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I, I, like I got grass with sprinklers, and they get about an inch of rain every or an inch of water every week throughout the summer. So I know they get lots of water. Um, but as far as cleaning up the dead stuff, if a guy cleans up the dead stuff, will new growth
3: uh, happen on these spruce? Oh, absolutely, yeah, and that's mean. But they need the water, and then a good fertilizer, like thirty ten days. It's just it's been so dry, and again, we're going into one of these dry falls, and it mm-hmm. looks like it's going to continue right to freeze up. So they go to bed dry, right, and then they got to try to. And a spruce tree is mainly feeding its root system or in the top two or three feet of the ground because um, right. they 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 anchor themselves that way to, so they don't blow over and And when you get this dryness going right into fall, and then when they go to um, leaf out or needle out next spring, there's just not enough moisture in it. So you get smaller growth patterns and and then lots of deadwood because Mother Nature's natural defense system is to start dropping needles and drying out some of the needles because it just can't support all of it. So at times that this is when... It's really important. Do you have bark mulch underneath your spruce trees? Uh,
2: mainly pines and then uh, any grass, something to the stuff I put put in there, and it's great. Yeah. Mulch.
3: No. Yeah, if you can get some bark mulch, really helps a ton. Um, put it like four or five inches thick the first time, and that'll keep the weeds down, but also really, really helps keep the moisture in there. So you might want to look at possibly adding some some uh, good bark mulch underneath all your spruce Okay, um, I'll get it. It'll make all the difference. But when I see those pictures, I'll respond to it uh, if you get those through to me. Okay, I'll resend them. Thank you. All right, thanks. And I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, 403 974 8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I did receive those texts from Dan or from Randy. And what it is, it is this the natural needle drop that evergreens go through every two to three years. But I would still definitely look at putting some bark mulch underneath those and ensure that they get get great fall watering. But that natural needle loss, that yellow that you're seeing in the middle is actually quite natural, so just, uh, you'll be fine on that. And I'm going to go to Cheryl on the phone line. Good morning, Cheryl.
5: Hi, good morning. Kindly tell me um, whether or not my onions will survive over the winter. Now, what happened is I I planted them by seed um, okay. last spring, and they I, I, I put them too close to the... Um, in front of the lettuce, and so they didn't get enough sun, so they didn't grow very big. Now, do I take them out or do I leave them in?
3: Um, Typically, you would take them out. Um, uh, what I would do is maybe just do a little bit of an experiment because I have seen people where okay. they've left things like that in and they've done quite well. And if you pull them out, they're not going to do nothing anyway, so you might as well leave them in
5: yeah, and, and them see what it. they do.
3: Yeah, okay. so, so okay. leave them in. And that's let's what see what, yeah, well, see what happens. To, to, no harm, to, no foul, right?
5: Yeah, and and those those uh, garlic that you told me to plant—they're already about yep. seven, seven inches high. Oh
3: so wow! They'll,
5: so, so they'll survive to, over the winter, eh?
3: Yep, yep. They should be totally fine. Yep.
5: Okay. All right. I'll let you know. Okay. I'll- awesome. All right. Thanks.
3: Okay. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks, Cheryl. Bye-bye. All right. And great show today. Lots of participation. So a few things that, like I was saying, if if you do have your amaryllis out and you want to get it blooming by Christmas, you probably want to pull it out here in the next week or so here, get it up and get it planted into some soil and uh, get it into a nice warm spot, and that will activate that bulb to get going. This week, again, is looking really nice, plus all week. So get out, uh, give your trees and shrubs a little bit of water and uh, and look for any of that dead damage or disease branching. I know Mark is booking a month or so out throughout the winter here. Um, so if you're looking to get him out and uh, to look at your trees and shrubs, he'd be more than happy to do that as well. And... That would be about it. Until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.